Nobody's thinking about you. Come on. So you don't have to try to live, live with the Joneses and impress the Joneses. Your future self is going to hate you for what your younger self did if you don't put some money away. Come on. I mean, in the year 2053, it is said that African Americans have a net worth of zero. So th that means we are 30 years away from you get every black person in America add up our net worth and it comes to zero. They were talking about 30 years from now being a net worth of nothing. Yeah. That's, uh, that's not a lack of resources. Because if you would look up what ethnic group has touched, had more people go from under 75,000 in household income to over 75,000, 38% of those people have been African-Americans since the year wow. 2000. Okay. So it's not that we're not making money. Yeah. We're just not making the right decisions with our money. Sure. We're not doing the right stuff with our money. We're making a bunch of money. Like if, another one, if you look at the most educated group of people in this country, African-American females, yeah. lowest net worth of any group in this country, African-American females. How can I be the smartest and the brokest? My mom died in January of last year, you know, um, but she didn't have any life insurance. So I had to pay for her funeral out of my pocket. And you know, it's not cheap, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, man, um, you know, when you, when you, we're all gonna go one day. Yeah. So it's like, you know, prepare, kind of take charge of your life. So I was like, you know, if everything was in order, could have put my mom away, could have had, you know, money come in and, you know, we disperse it between the family, you know, and, you know, instead of dying and leaving people with debt, you kind of dying, you know, you still taking care of people from beyond. So, you know, that was like, man, I don't want to do that to my family, you know, yeah. so, and I know other people don't because what do we see when people die? Go find me, yeah. fish fries, you know, and that that's just not the way. And it's like, but we haven't been taught proper pretty much anything. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, if I could learn something to make my life better, what if I sat down with another person? Yo, what's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Equity Tap. Listen, man, I need y'all to do me a favor. I need y'all to get a pen, get a pad. This is what the Equity Tap is all about. It's about financial literacy, man. And I have some guys in here that's killing the game when it comes to the financial literacy game. My goal is to dive deep into these topics so that we can break this down so that you guys can understand how you build wealth. And look, I can't, can't think of any better guys than have in here to be able to do this. Man, we got generational wealth uh, here with, with Charles. We got uh, Marcus and then we got my guy Dwayne here, man. We're going to be uh, diving into financial literacy. But look, let's jump into this, man. You guys have generated millions in sales, millions in annual passive income through the financial literacy, through life insurance, through just financial literacy in general, man. So I want to dive into this in a big way because we get the question all the time, right? Uh, as entrepreneurs, man, the people that want to start business, the people that's making money, how do I move my money around? And for so long, we've been kept out of the information gap, right? right. And now with YouTube and so much information out there, we're able to close that gap. I think I heard someone's like 200 year wealth gap, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's going to take us that long. So talk to me a little bit about, man, the legacy that your dad built and kind of what you guys are doing on the financial literacy. So talk to me a little bit about that. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, my dad started in 1982. Okay. He started getting all the financial services in 82. He was actually a school teacher. Wow. Okay. Man, he just um, wanted to make more money. And uh, someone came and talked to him about, you know, looking into the investment industry, insurance and investment industry. He took, he took it and ran with it. Okay. Uh, he quit his job in six months. Yeah. So my pops, <laughs> you, you tell anybody, the hand plus the clocks is like 84. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's over 37 years, 36 yeah. years. So two years he did it part-time. He had two jobs. He worked at Greyhound. He was a teacher. Quit okay. teaching in six months. Worked at Greyhound at night. Built his um, insurance agency in the daytime. Yeah. And, uh, and from 84 on, that's all he's done to feed generations. You know, I've seen, seen him do that. And, uh, and right now, uh, like I said, he's been paid well over $6 million, man, doing that. Wow. And most of that has been purely uh, almost passive income. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what was, uh, and I know your dad has probably told you the story, man. I'm always interested in, like, second-generation wealth and how it was built and, you know, the mindset behind that. What, what was your dad, what was he in a position in life when he was open to having that conversation? Because, you know, people get opportunities all the time. But you got to be in the mindset to hear that opportunity, capture that opportunity, and run with it. So, like, what was he at in his life for him to take yes to so, an opportunity? He was 37 years old, had okay. been working two full-time jobs. Yeah. As I said, he was working at Ground, third shift, and he was a teacher in the daytime. So, he used to spend a lot of time. He, a lot of times, he would just 
sleep on his planning session. Okay, okay. Because he work, get off at 11 o'clock at night, come yeah. home, get home at midnight, take a shower, go to bed at 1, up at 5 to go teach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, someone came to him and kind of told him, you know, Charlie. My dad knows Charlie because my name is Charles because he said, Charlie, uh, I can help you make an extra $500 a month. Yeah. And he was all looking. He was like, $500 a month, go a long way, working part-time. Yeah. And his first month, he made more than he was making being a teacher. Mm. So he knew that day. He told me yeah. he knew that day he wasn't going back to teach in the fall. So his first <laughs> month, he literally replaced his income. His teaching income. Through Yo, what's going on, Equity Chasers? Listen, I know you guys are enjoying the episode. Real quick, I know that you guys have already subscribed to the channel, so that's not why I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you guys because we have some major things that we're going to be rolling out. So what I need you to do is pause the video, go down to the description. Right above the description of the video, you're going to see a link. That link is going to give you access to our email list. I need you to subscribe. So when we roll out some of these things, you'll be one of the few that can get into the room. What are we going to roll out? We're going to be opening up our studios this summer. We're going to be letting you guys come in. We're going to be letting you guys watch us record live. We also have some live events planned. We have a lot of things that we're going to be rolling out for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to take your business, your game to the next level this summer. You're going to want to hit that email list and tap in. So look, let's do this. Let's get back to the video. Thank you. Yeah. Man, you said something that was key, and I think a lot of people uh, tend to overlook, man. You said your dad got introduced to this opportunity at 37. 30. A lot of people feel like, man, if they hadn't made a, a, a career decision wow. in their late 30s, you know, that so much time has passed, how can they start something? So I thought that was pretty cool, man. Yeah. At 37, he started an opportunity within 30 days, replaced his income. <laughs> And not only that, but has been able to build wealth and bring on other guys. So that's what I kind of want to talk about, man. Dwayne, I know we had a conversation off camera, man, and I know that um, you've been able to build a successful portfolio of over, you know, $1.3 million on an annual basis in passive income. Man, how were you able to do that? How did that come together? I wish it was 1.3 annually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. 1.3 since my, since my baby was born. Gotcha. I'm sorry. So, so six years ago, um, we had our third child, my wife and I, Takia, and I told her she had been a school teacher for seven years. She retired in 2015. And after being retired, a stay-at-home mom for our two oldest children for two years, we had a third child. And I told her, I said, look, when he's born, I'm going to stop working. I mean, I'm going to stop servicing clients personally. She looked at me like I was crazy. Mm -hmm. And so what we did is we really went to work double down on training the agents in our agency and making sure that they were able to do what we can do as good as we can do it, if not better than us. And I think that's the biggest challenge that people have in business is that they are the business, Mm -hmm. but they have no plan to transfer the business or no succession plan. And so I doubled down on making sure that our guys were as good as us, if not better. And what they did was when my baby was born, I came out of the field in terms of servicing clients personally. And so since he's been alive and he turned six on April 1st of this year, so he's the the women that count months, he's 74 months old. Okay. (laughs) I've only not made $10,000 in passive income three times in 74 months. Wow. And we've been paid about $1.3 million since he's been born. Man, that's amazing. So, so Tom, you, you, got, you throw those numbers out there. You got to tell me how they came about, man. Tell me about some of the systems and, and why it's important how you've been able to build that type of passive income. All right. So, number one, a lot of times people go into insurance and investments, and we all got the same licenses, okay? okay. But they're dual function. We partnered with a company that allowed us to not just be an agent, but to build an agency. And so if you're going to build an agency, you got to focus on what the agents see. So I was first a very productive agent independently. This is where the relationship was forged with Charles' father and myself. Because when I moved here, like even today, when we go and we see clients, every client that I've run into in the Memphis area, Mm -hmm. like in this tri-state, a lot of them know Charlie Cook because he's been, he was the top agent in the area for 30, 35 years. So what I did was I modeled my behavior behind his and then I had like a four year stretch where I was the number one agent in Tennessee. Well, what that does is that gives you a little bit of leverage with people. Mm -hmm. And so because you as a business person, I can't ask anybody in my company to do anything I'm not willing to do. Absolutely. And so we did it first Uh and it was a trap. We made it attractive because when you're young, nobody as a kid, excuse me, says, when I grow up, I'm gonna be an insurance agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go up, I'm gonna be an investor. All the little boys wanna play ball, you know, do some kind of sport, Absolutely. be a police officer, yeah. doctor, lawyer. Nobody says, I'm going to be the financial literacy guy. Yeah. Nobody. Okay. And so what we did is we had to make it cool. I was a young fellow when I moved here. I'm 38 now. Okay. And so when I moved to Memphis, I was 22 years old. We didn't know anybody. Yeah. And then I saw, I, I latched on to the leaders in the area like 
uh, Charlie Cook and another fellow that were making a couple hundred thousand dollars annually. Okay. And I just modeled my behavior behind them. I knew I wanted to go to the agency, but I had to focus on what the agent saw. Yeah. And so by showing them, giving them an example, then they started to want to replicate my example. Yeah. And that's what we did. So what we did is we learned how to do the business. Okay. And then we learned how to teach the business. And once we taught enough people how to do the business, it allowed us to not have to do it to generate income. Man, let me tell you something. You just you you said so much that I want to dive into a lot of this uh, because one of the things that you said that, that really struck a chord with me was the mentorship, right? Being coachable, learning principles, not reinventing the wheel, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding what you have Thanks. at your hands and just following the system, right? But I want to backtrack just a little bit because I know that this isn't a conversation that I had growing up. And I'm curious is if this is a conversation that you guys have had in your home, Toronto, but a lot of African-American homes don't have that, right? We don't have the financial literacy conversation <laughs> at an early age. You know, Charles being the second generation, man, what did that conversation look like in your home? So I can say I'm one of, I'm a fortunate when I did have that conversation. <laughs> yeah. uh, my dad always kind of talked to us about making and saving money, you know, looking at the places where to put your money, doing it, investing. So I grew up with that conversation. Yeah. But, um, but the problem was enough of my friends did. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I was fortunate. Like I said, um, I went to college. My dad didn't want me to have student loans. Yeah. So I went to school. I took the time I had the Charlie Cook scholarship. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a crazy story. I was 21. I was working. I didn't want to do, didn't want to go to college. Didn't want to work with my pops. Yeah. So 21, my pops came and told me, hey, you got some choices. Yeah. College, trade school, army, get out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I chose college. And I went. The crazy part about it, I told my dad, I said, hey, man, I want to go to school, but I got some caveats. Yeah. I said, I want to go to HBCU. For sure. I don't want to stay on campus. Okay. And I got a car note. Yeah. And uh, even though he told me about money, I wrote it. I had like $5,000 the credit card bill. Yeah. He told me, I got you. Mm -hmm. So I went to school. I had an apartment. He paid my car note. Squashed my debt. And I tell people, when I paid my tuition, I mean, I didn't know what FAFSA was, man. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I went to school and... Um, I literally wrote a check. I would write a check and call him and tell him this check was wrote for. He put the money in my account. The check was clear for my tuition. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's crazy, yes. man. Yeah. So seeing that growing up, uh, I know it made a huge impact on the way that you out, you know, your outlook on, on finances. And this is why I want to dive into like the literacy part, right? Okay. We hear the success that you guys have been able to create with the, the opportunity. And of course, that's a part of it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you guys training agents right now. I know you guys are growing and expanding. You're bringing on more agents. And we're gonna talk sure. about how they can connect with you guys and stuff like that. But there's also a pocket of people that of course wanna make money, but there's a pocket of people that just wanna understand Definitely, the importance sure. of it. So talk to me about the importance of, you know, investing insurance and all that good stuff. Oh, man, um, I don't have an exact number. I think my father, Personally, our agency, the agency that he built, has placed about, I think Dwayne might have like $75 million or something back in the community. It might. Ridiculous. Yeah, wow. we, paid, we paid over $75 million in insurance claims wow. since he's been in business. And we have, we, have about, we have about $30 million under management right now that we manage for other clients. Okay. okay. Yeah. So we Those are investment dollars. He yeah, about. like actual dollars. Not, $30 million we can pull out so people can put touch. And 95% of our clients are African-American. Okay, okay. So we're big on educating. I mean, I, I, we're not racist, I want to say, say that, but <laughs> we educate. Um, we, I love to educate my community, man. That's one thing that got me, brought me into the business. Like Senator says, I didn't, I'll tell you, I didn't want to do the business at first because yeah. that's not, I didn't want to, no, nobody, a lot of times you don't want to do what your dad did. Yeah. You didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. But uh, what, what, what once I start seeing the, the impact that we have in the community, uh -huh. um, we service, we specialize in those middle income Americans. I mean, okay. if you make between 40000 in your household and two twenty eight, we we the people you need to talk to. Okay. <laughs> you said 40000 and 228. 228. 40K to 228. And, and the reason that is, um, is because those people qualify for what they call a Roth IRA. Okay. Break that down. What is a Roth IRA? So a Roth IRA is a, a tool, a tax code, basically, okay. that allows you to save money, pay taxes on it the current year, okay. but you get all your growth tax-free and retired. Mm. So how much, so you're saying any additional income that you have, you roll over into your, your Roth IRA? So you can't roll money into it, but you can, okay. pay, you can pay money into it. So you can put up to $6,500 a year okay. into a Roth IRA. Gotcha. So I tell you, you can put 541 a month okay. Okay. in a Roth IRA, and that money will grow tax-free when you're retired. And you get an extra thousand if you're over 50. So for a person yeah. that's starting late, <laughs> they can do 7,500 a year. Yeah. Okay. And okay. for couples, it doubles. Okay. so. Let's dive into this. Uh, like I said, 
you guys have created some massive success. But on the other end of the camera, right, there's working class America. There may be some entrepreneurs, similar to me, I was, you know, entrepreneur, didn't know much about investing and things like that until my company got acquired and I had a, a, a pot of money and I was like, all right, what do I do with it? And I started having these conversations. But a lot of times that's not the reality for a lot of business owners, right? right. So they have to be diligent in setting money aside, investing for retirement. So what is the game plan for entrepreneurs, for individuals on the other camera? Like if they they hadn't started yet, mm -hmm. what would be your recommendation? All right, well, in our house, we believe pretty simple in some principles. When we get money, we pay God. Okay. We pay us, mm -hmm. we pay them. Who's them? Everybody other than God and us. Okay. Okay. So that might include MLGW, that might include your mortgage company, your car payment. And most people, when I talk about wealthy people, this is how they operate, mm -hmm. right? But when I talk about people that may not be wealthy or for better, for use, lack of a better word, poor, yeah. they pay everybody else first. Uh -huh. They don't pay themselves at all. Okay. And they come to church on Sunday talking about the Lord know my heart. Yeah, that's true. So we got to do something a little bit different. And yeah. so the earlier you start with the investment game, Right, the earlier you start, the less you got to put away to accumulate a substantial amount of money. Most people underestimate the time value of money. Yeah, it's the time value. They're looking at rate of return, rate of return, because everybody wants quick money. Okay. But we talk about investing for a future. We talk about a retirement. That money needs to to have some time to mature. Yeah. And so the earlier you get in, the less you got to put in mm -hmm. to actually have a million dollars. Let's say that's a good number for most people. Say, man, if I can have a million dollars, most people say, I don't need to be a millionaire. I just like to be comfortable. Yeah. But I'm in financial services. Guess what I know? It's going to cost you a million to eat yeah. for 20 years at retirement. Mm -hmm. So to get to a million, the earlier we start, the less we got to put in each month. Yeah. But most people wait until too late, and then now they got to put in a lot. And so what happens is they don't put in anything. Oh, and and they, they just wing it. They just live check to check until there are no more checks. Yeah. And so that's where we go out. One of the biggest challenges that we're running into today, though, is that there are people, thank God, and it's going to sound crazy, but thank God for the pandemic. Yeah. Because it forced us indoors, mm -hmm. it made us be still, yeah. and we started to have a thirst for knowledge. Maybe we're just looking for entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we got on social media not just to see what our friends were doing, but to learn some stuff. Yeah. You know, we started to go on podcasts like yours, mm -hmm. or go to YouTube and, and look at things. And the biggest challenge is that in the financial services industry, and we talked about this off camera, yeah. is that if you go to your doctor because you're not feeling well, mm -hmm. you expect your doctor with their license to tell you what's in your best interest. Yeah to help you feel better. Yeah. yeah well, sure. a person that, like you said, a young entrepreneur or even a person that has a traditional employment, they expect that when they go see a financial professional, mm -hmm. the financial professional is going to do what's in their best interest. Absolutely. That's not the case most of the time. All right. The All financial right. professionals do what generates the most commission. Mm -hmm. All right. So we partnered with, with an organization some time ago and they had a mission uh, to pretty much correct an injustice right. caused by the cash value life insurance industry. Gotcha. And when when the crusade began, there was over 2,000 companies in the life insurance industry. Mm -hmm. Fast forward 40 years later, there's only 700. Okay. So almost two-thirds of the industry was eradicated based yeah. on the concept of teaching people how money really works, right? Okay, okay. Well, then we go into this pandemic and everybody's sitting still and the industry says, you know what? Now's our chance. Yeah. We got a captive audience. And so what they did was they started sitting out a lot of information via social media yeah. by the way and this is a tip for anybody that wants to do any investing if i'm going to invest my life savings or my hard-earned income with you yeah. then i want to make sure that you're a licensed investor mm. so if i'm going to take your advice you gotta if i don't want your life i can't take your advice so i'm going to look you up if i'm going to like i work hard for my money so if i'm going to give it to you i need to make sure you're credible yeah, absolutely. but there's a lot of people today on social media because it's not regulated yeah. giving out investment advice that haven't qualified to become an investor mm -hmm. They have no licenses. Yeah. Imagine you tell, you go into a person because you don't feel good. They're supposed to be a doctor. <laughs> they got the lab. <laughs> Come on, bro. I got you. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> but they ain't got no license. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And we're seeing, I mean, I don't even want to go into that, but we see a lot of our women have issues because they're trying to get these procedures done with yeah. uncertified people and yeah. it's not working yeah. out. And so this yeah. is what's happening. There are more financial deaths being caused than natural yeah. deaths because people are going and sitting down, people who are quote unquote professionals. They just got a following and some influence, yeah. but they don't have any licenses. I see it. Yeah, I see it all the time, man. How do you check the credentials of those individuals if you're looking at investing? Oh, um, man. The first place I would go is brokercheck.org. 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 Right? That is a federal site that's hosted. You can search anybody's name okay. via Brokercheck, and it'll let you know they're a licensed investor. Okay. If we're going to invest money with somebody, yeah. they should be a licensed investor. Okay. If I should take investment advice from somebody, they need to be a licensed investor. All right. Other than that, it's just like your uncle saying you should invest your yeah. money here. And there's a lot of that going on. And because of people's popularity, mm -hmm. 
one of the challenges is people are popular. Yeah, it's the influence. It's the influence yeah. piece. Mm-hmm. And so what the insurance companies have done is just like back in the day, they used to use regular traditional advertisements. Yeah. Well, I remember at one time we had kind of got conscious to how the TV they said was conditioning us, okay. the media influence. Yeah. Well, they just became social media influence. Absolutely. And so that's the challenge. So that gives us guys like us an opportunity to really go ham in the business right now yeah. because there's so many people that are uneducated mm-hmm. that we get a chance to now go educate. So I'm not really in sales, I'm in financial education. Yeah, and so yeah. when I educate a consumer, they can make a, a common sense decision yeah. in a common manner. And that's why I prefer to do business, right? And uh, it's where, let me close the education gap so that Come you on. can make an informed decision, right? I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm giving you information. You this choose. information makes sense, absolutely. That's fair, right? Yeah, that's yeah. fair to me, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this, man, because I can I can almost visualize, you know, the individual that's sitting back and you say from 40K to 228,000, right? 228k. There's some wiggle room, right? There's some money if you you set your finances up right that you have some extra. But in today's time, you think about that person with forty thousand. Mm-hmm. They probably I don't know their financial situation, but a lot of times, you know, at their income level, you're probably living check to check. It may be some, unless you're very diligent with that money, you probably don't have a surplus. So I know you said the three things is or the four things, three or four. You said God your family, and then everybody else. So the three things that you mm-hmm. guys spend money on, a lot of people can't afford to pay God themselves because they've accumulated so many liabilities from other people. So mm-hmm. the reality of it is 40K, what's the play? Like, what would you guys do if you're sitting down with somebody in that situation? Man, we just talked about this in the car. Yeah. They need a plan. Absolutely. <laughs> they don't need a product. Mm-hmm. They need a plan. We need to sit down and get a hold on it. There's some things that we're all doing with our money yeah. that we could not do. For sure. So what we gotta do is we gotta figure out what things are non-negotiable. All right, all right. Because if you are a person that's living check to check and you're overrun with bills, you already got bad credit. Yeah. So what are some things that could wait? Mm-hmm. Maybe not stop, but what could we yeah. wait? Because mm-hmm. guess what can't wait? I don't believe paying your, your spiritual creator can wait. Yeah. Guess what can't wait? I don't believe paying you can wait mm-hmm. because there's a high cost of waiting. The more you wait to invest, the longer, the, Listen, to get to a same destination is going to take a lot more effort. Yeah. Imagine if I told you my office is 15 minutes from here. Yeah. Imagine if I told you that it was going to take you two hours to get there. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be in here like two hours, 15 yeah. minutes away. Well, that's what happens with the investment world. So what we do is instead of pushing a product, yeah. we sit down and we make a plan. Okay. We give our clients a financial GPS. It takes a picture of where they are. They tell us where they want to go. Okay. And we give them the best route, the fastest route to get there. Gotcha. And so that's what a person that makes $40,000 a year actually needs. Because they can start investing. Charles can set up an investment for 25 bucks a month. Okay, okay. That's like 80 cents a day. Yeah. So it's not like you got to have a lot of money uh, to get yeah. started. You just got to get started. And I see, I think that's the misconception, right, with this whole financial literacy movement is more people are starting to have the conversation because more people are being educated. But there's still probably the majority of people that when they hear it, they think, man, I'm not even in a financial position to even take this advice right now. Let me make more money. Let me dig myself out of this hole. Then, but... Then I'll start investing. But you've said it several times, it's the time that people don't really take into consideration. Talk to me about the importance of time and compound interest. Well, first and foremost, nothing changes if nothing changes. Yeah. The definition of insanity is to do the same thing, expect a different result. Absolutely. So if I keep doing what I've been doing, I'm only going to keep getting what I've been getting. Yeah. If what I've been getting is not enough, then I got to do something a little bit different. And it might hurt. Yeah. Because we change. That's tough. Yeah. And so, but, but again, you got to get what a professional. Yeah that can actually sit down and show you the way. Okay. It's not as hard when you know the end result. Yeah. It's yeah. hard when you sit here and you only got a few dollars and you want to invest, but what about my light bill? Yeah. But when you sit down with an advisor, what we really do more than sell products is we kind of get paid to manage emotion. Mm, yeah. That's what I do for a living. <laughs> I mean, I sit down with people and I help them change the way they feel about money okay. and then the way they think about it. And so most people could start, mm-hmm. but there's this misconception that I don't have enough to start. Yeah. And so what we do is we get paid to educate people on manage their emotions and uh-huh. kind of get them started. Gotcha, gotcha. And then once they get started, guess what I find out? Most of my clients who didn't have money, once they start and they start seeing some success, Charles, can attest to this? They start finding money to give us. Man, yeah. that is key. So Charles, talk to me about the, uh, the other side of the industry because I know there's a side where we bring on clients, right? And we help them invest their money, help them prepare for retirement. But there's also a lot of money to be made in this industry. And I know you guys have second generation. You guys have been bringing on agents for a long time. So talk to me a little bit about that side of the business. So that side of the business, um, a, lot, a lot of people care when they start off part-time. And we're one of the few agencies that allow someone to come in 
Don't have to risk leaving your full-time job. Yeah. But you can come work with us part-time. I can show you how to make, you know, an extra, whatever your goal is. And we help with the licensing, okay. you know, and because we got to get distribution out there. We got to get the education out there. So the more yeah. agents we have in helping us spread this education, when you're, you got to be self-motivated yeah. to be in this industry. Because mm -hmm. you don't have a schedule. You don't have a boss. You ain't got to buy you, you're a contractor, so you 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 got to say, I want to make these phone calls. I want to get out and, and pass out cards. I want to get on social media and, and promote myself. Yes. And, and I'll be honest with you, I mean, it's not for everybody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we hire a lot of agents, a lot of agents quit, man. A lot of people, uh, there's no knock on them, but some people like nine to five. I know I get to go to work at nine to get off at five. This is a entrepreneurial, you need an entrepreneurial mindset. Gotcha. Gotta be, that's, that's what we're looking for. I mean, when we look for people, uh, that's kind of when I when I met Mark, it attracted me to him, man. Yeah, yeah. He was um uh, at his job and he was acting like, you know, he he owned the spot when I was in there. He, he telling me he, he upselling me there. I'm like, hey, I need <laughs> I can show you how to make more money outside of here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> man, I think I think that's dope because that's that's a great transition because I met Marcus, man. How long is it? It's been a couple years since we ran into <laughs> each other. Yeah. But I know when we met, Marcus, you've always had like an ambitious uh, spirit about you. You always had your hands on something, man. And when you told me you was in the financial industry, I was like, oh yeah, this is this is perfect because I know your personality, I know your background, right? So, so talk to me a little bit about some of the things that you you saw that was uh, good or exciting in the industry and why you wanted to get in it. My mom died in January of last year, you know, but she didn't have any life insurance, so I had to pay for a funeral out of my pocket, and you know. Not cheap, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So it's like, man, um, you know when you when you we're all gonna go one day. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah. like you know prepare, kind of take charge of your life. So I was like, you know, if everything was in order, could have put my mom away, could have had you know money come in and you know we disperse it between the family, you know, yeah. and you know instead of dying and leaving people with debt, you kind of dying, you know, you still taking care of people from beyond. So you know that was like. Man, I don't want to do that to my family, you know. Yeah. So, and I know other people don't because what do we see when people die? GoFundMe, yeah, fish fries, <laughs> you know, and that this is not yeah, the way. And so, I feel like a lot of this stuff is really about education. So, my thing now is once you see something and you see it, <clears throat> you see it works. Yeah, and you know if you do it, like Chargers would say, man, we we do well by doing good. Like yeah. you sit with me. And I bring this information into your house and you know, hey, let's look at this. Uh, set yourself up. You know, we, we're not depending on uh, any government assistance. We're not depending on family and friends to come together and take care of us because guess what? I took the step and I set my life up. Yeah. You know, I got a will, I got a trust, I got an insurance policy. You know, so if something happens to me, I may not be here physically anymore, but my family's not gonna have to worry about anything. Yeah. If you make the right investments, that's a whole nother that's a whole other thing, you know, yeah, but you man. gotta take control. You gotta take control of your life. We gotta stop sitting back, you know, teach somebody. Like yeah. I wanna be rich with my friends, you know. I don't wanna yeah, be yeah, the only sure. one you know, <laughs> like who's doing this. So I try to, you know, educate people and everything. But hey, um the most important thing, not even from my side of it, where you know, I'm an agent, but from the side of a person, like anybody I talk to. Yeah. Just take control of your life. You know, like you could set everything up and you could take control of your life. And, you know, that's just, I feel like education. Yeah. Financial literacy, like I said, take your power, man, set your life up. That That's the main thing, showing people a different way because we're not taught that. Man, you said, you said a couple of things that was key, man. And I see it all the time. In our culture, we see it all the time, right? We pass the collection plate or mm -hmm. we do the, the fish fry and all that good stuff on the love when it passes, man. But, one of the things that I've been learning, and, and this is just through networking and fellowship with people like y'all, right, is life insurance, and this may not be accurate, but just if it was just occurred to me, it's probably the easiest way to transfer wealth, right? <laughs> uh, with a policy, when somebody, because like you said, we know that we all let her go one day. So I got a 10-year-old daughter, right? I want to make sure that she don't have to go through the same things that I had to go through financially. I want to make sure on my shoulders and go to the next level. Yeah. More than anything, I love educating people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially middle income people. Okay. Like I told you, between 40 and 228, that I was saying, that's the that's the kind of forgotten about market. Yeah. You know, if you make less than 40, you got somebody helping you. Yeah. Uncle Sam. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And if you make more than 228, you you probably, and we talking 228 AGI. We ain't talking about 228 
coming in. We talking about two twenty five even paid taxes, paid insurance, for sure, for sure. put money in for. So mm-hmm. that means you probably making three four hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. So you you got somebody. You talking to somebody for sure. But a lot of times in middle income America, we we get our check. Yeah. And that's it. No one's talking to us because you know a lot of these companies don't want to take the twenty five dollar a month yeah. uh, investment. Yeah. Because that pays you pennies, pennies, yeah. literally. A $25 a month pay, $25 a month investment pays you pennies. Yeah. And see, man, this is, I'm telling you, man, this is why these conversations are so important because as I'm sitting here listening to you guys, here's what I'm realizing, man, is the reason we've been kept out of, like you said, these conversations is because it's, people have been profiting so much mm-hmm. in regards to keeping us ignorant. And doing the work that you guys are doing, man, with the education piece, it's raising the IQ, right? So now people know exactly how they can maneuver, how they can move their money around so that we can start, you know what I'm saying, to make different financial decisions. And to see, you know, black individuals like us, man, black brothers that are, you know, first of all, love God, you know, and pursuing, you know, a business of our own, man. But not only that, you said it, the money is, the money is cool, right? Money is a byproduct of helping people, man. And that's what I hear you guys doing, man. And, and and that's where the purpose comes in. Like you can make all the money you want, uh, but if the purpose ain't right, then what are you doing it for? But you also said something that I that I found key that I kind of want to hone in on, and that was the people that I forgot, right? Because I've never heard it put that way. If you making less than forty, yeah, the government taking care of you, mm-hmm. right? And if you making over a certain amount, you probably got a good circle of people that <laughs> advise you. But it's that forgotten about marketing, and that's why conversations like this is so important because mm-hmm. that's exactly who we're targeting, right? That forgotten about marketing. Yeah. And, and Kevin, a lot of people don't know in the year twenty, you can, you can Google this. But I mean, the year twenty fifty three, it is said that African Americans have a net worth of zero. So that means we are 30 years away okay. when you get every black person in America out of our net worth and it comes to zero. Hmm. Why? So you got to break that down. You got to break that down. <laughs> how, how can our net worth be in 2053? Because I've heard that before. Yeah. Our net worth is going to be zero. What are they basing it on? So how you calculate net worth is, you know, you get what you have, take away what you owe, yeah. and what you got left is your net worth. For sure. But that means you got, you got a house and you got $20,000 in equity. But you got a hundred and fifty thousand student loan. Yeah. You negative one thirty. Yeah, for sure. So if you negative one thirty, and I'm positive one thirty, we zero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they just saying by the time all of us get together, and you think about Puffy got a billion. I mean, yeah. so we just carry a lot of debt, man, and uh, and we're not saving enough. So I, no, I ain't knocking nobody. Um, dude, some people got to pay for student loans. Some people parents can't afford to go to school. Yeah. You know, but. Did you just got? Did you get extra to blow the money? Mm-hmm. Well, do you have a plan to get out of this debt? Are you just are you racking up thousand dollars debt to go to Cancun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's what we educate people on because mm-hmm. <laughs> you said brunch. brunch. I talked about time. I say brunch, brunch in Memphis, hundred dollars, hundred dollars Sunday in Caucasus. Yeah, yeah. Brunch culture is so serious. <laughs> and so, if we're gonna be worth zero, we gotta educate the people. That's why we're trying to hire. Hey, we gotta we gotta let people know. Yeah. We gotta show you how to start building that wealth. You know. I was talking to a young lady the other day, and Marcus, she told me she, gonna, she was rolling on 401, she left her job, she was going to cash her 401k out. Okay. And I cringed. I was like, man. I said, I said, you know you start back over in zero. She's like, well, I need to do something in my house, and I want to, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go take my kids to Disney. Where I'm like, man, you you sitting back. I said, your old self going to hate this. Because yeah. one thing my dad always told me, he said, if you don't have a plan, if you don't have a plan for retirement, mm-hmm. right now, he says, go to Walmart and say, may I help you? Because when you turn 70, that's what you're going to yeah, do. Yeah. You know, I, I tell people, you ever since somebody live on a Social Security income, yeah. retirement, that's not my idea of retirement. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, it's not guaranteed and, it's going to be around. Not guaranteed it's going to be around. If it is around, it's not enough. Yeah. You know, that's why at our age, we got a special We market 25 to 45 year olds. Okay. That's kind of our core market. We want to catch you while you're young enough to start saving, get compounded enough time work for you. You got your first job, and we can show you, hey, when you do, you want to retire because we got two, we got two struggles in America. Mm-hmm. Either you die too soon, mm-hmm. which means you don't have any life insurance, you don't have you don't have assets saved up because money don't gotta come from life insurance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I keep the bucket to plan me my wife on at age seventy, my insurance I'm letting it go. Yeah. And, and we gonna have oh we gonna have like two million dollars. Wow. If she don't care when she go to say Charles is gone. Yeah. Or the money came from a two million dollar life insurance policy, or she said I got two million. I was left in this brokerage account. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> two million. Two, two million, million. Two million. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the other part of it. The asset is a lot of times we die too soon. I can mean, we don't leave our family anything. Not, we, don't, we think about life insurance for burial. Yeah. I need enough money to put me in the ground. Yeah, yeah. 
like if, if you raising money mm-hmm. for for Ray, we gonna say Ray 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 passed away. Yeah. You raising money for the funeral, but Ray Ray got three kids. What they lead them? Yeah, you just save money for the funeral. Right? The kids now, how they gonna eat? How they gonna play football? How they gonna go to gymnastics? How they you know? And the other part of that is, if you work your whole life, you mean Tim, you work from you twenty five to sixty five, you ain't got no money. Yeah, because you wasn't saving. So that's the key. Like we gotta show you how to protect yourself in case you die too soon. Yeah, yeah. but on the aspect, most of us gonna make it to live to retirement. We gotta show you how to have some money put away so you can retire with dignity. You know, uh, if you don't have any money, say the way retirement is no longer an age. Yeah. Last people all the time, when you want to retire? I want to retire when I'm 60, I want to retire 65. Yeah. Well, how much money you got? Yeah, yeah, it's about the money. Because you retire 65 and you live to you 80, 85, you had 20 years worth of cash somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what we specialize in. We're going to try to tell you, we're going to give you a plan. Like I said, I'll tell you, I'm not an insurance man. Yeah. I come with a financial game plan. Okay. To show you how to protect you and your family right now while we save these assets. For sure, for sure. And, uh, and I want you to be able to have a retirement where. You don't have to go to work. See, the biggest myth in America is I got bored, I went back to work. No, Granny, you did not go back to McDonald's because you got bored. Yeah. You had to pay MSGW. You had to pay for your medicine. You had a car note. You had a leaky roof. You got tired of asking your kids. You Because if you have kids, if you don't save money, you're going to be a burden on your children. You're going to be their biggest bill. They can't save and retire. Yeah, See, sure. everybody talks about generational wealth. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to get generational wealth killed besides just be handing you a pot of money. Yeah. Like I tell you earlier, my dad paid me to go to college. Uh-huh. So I got a grad, I got an undergrad debt free. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's a step up than my co-work, my classmate get out of school 65 in the hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy generation. So I got out, instead of me having to go pay Sally Mae $300 a month, I could put $300 a month in my IRA. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, if you leaving, so that's just one example. If you, so if you, you can create generation wealth by saving for your kids' college. Yeah. So they can go to school debt free. That's a step up. You know, you don't have to just hand your people money. You ain't got to come up. Be honest with you. To be totally honest, most people I hand a big bag of money to blew it. Yeah, yeah. Even after I told them, hey, you got this check for $100,000, let us do A, B, C, D. Yeah. Because they either didn't want to listen or so. And the most people that we, when we help save money at age are people that put money away yeah. little by little, $100 a month, $200 a month, roll their 401k. Those are the people that got a million dollars with us or three, four other people. But most people we just, so I passed away, we gave them yeah. 500000 yeah. mm-hmm. A few listened. Yeah. But I, I laugh all the time. A lot of them went in blue. Yeah. They say, <laughs> they say if, you, if somebody gave you a million a million dollars, you better figure out how to become a millionaire quick. Because if not, your income will go back to the level in which you think about money. Yeah. yeah. So everything that you're saying, man, like, you're preaching, man, because it is it's what people need to know, right? And that's really... I think shame in a lot of cases to stop people from progressing, right? So when we say these things, it's not to shame anybody. It's to really talk about the reality of what the situation is so that you can identify, look, here's here's where we're going wrong. And so here's the action steps that we need to take to start correcting this. Because you said $65,000 in financial debt coming out of school. The reality of it is it's double debt now, right? <laughs> Most of the people I went to college with, I don't know anybody that has less than $100,000 in student loans. Right? It's just a reality. I'm 36, <laughs> right? So and all of my friends, I know they went to school, they're still paying off these student loan debts, right? So not to shame people, but knowing that, look, you pull out your 401k, you want to take your child to Disney, you want to do all these things. Nah. Here's what you need to do with that money. What would what would you tell them? Because you said it's the protection side first. Yeah. Like you need to protect it in case you, you leave early so that people have things or you got the, the bills taken care of. But then the investment side of it, you talked about the the Roth IRA. What are some other things that people should consider? Um you got Roth IRA, you have traditional IRAs. Um you could just save and invest money. I mean, if you think about it, um if your listeners they look up something called a rule of seventy two to change the way they think. Mm-hmm. Rule of 72. The rule of 72. And the rule of 72 simply states, you take your interest rate, divide it by the number 72, okay. and it tells you how long it takes your money to double. Okay. So by that I mean, if you go to the bank, and the bank's giving you 1% of your savings account, you save money in the bank, that means, Kevin, today, if you put a dollar in the bank, it'll be 72 years where it turns to $2 at 1%. Okay. okay. <laughs> wow. Then that, that, that you ain't winning, are you? <laughs> So no more, no more I, and so I tell you, I'm telling you, at 1%. So you got to kind of figure out a way to where, you money, where your money is going to be making you 8, 9, 10, 12%. Yeah. And so your money starts doubling and you get that compounding every six years, every seven years. Because that's, that's, that's where investing kicks in at. Okay. You know, and you got to have some discipline. You know, I tell you, 
is diversification discipline is, is what makes a great investor. Yeah. Not to say, I'm going to pull this money out for something frivolous. You got to think about retirement as it's coming. Yeah. You, know, you know, and the big thing we get in our community is how I normally live that long. Well, if you don't, the odds say you are, but if yeah. you don't, you left some money for something, you left some money for your kids, yeah. your parents, have a go. But you got to plan to live that long. Most people underestimate, you know what I'm saying, what they can do within a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. right? And then when the time is gone, you sit back like, man, I wish, I wish, I wish. Like, we have that opportunity now. Like, don't underestimate, because most people do. And then you have the opposite effect, right? Some people think they're going to live a long time. I got plenty of time to address this. And that's another problem. Yeah, another uh, problem. If you look the way compound interest works, a lot of our clients come in our office at 50 and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to start planning my retirement. I'm not saying it's too late, because any day is better than not starting at all. Absolutely. But, as Dwayne was saying earlier, where I can say I got to get a million dollars maybe, just type of thing, I ain't running numbers in my head. So let's say at $200 a month, so let's say you start when you're 25, yeah. to you 65 or $200 a month. Now you come to when you're 50, we're talking about 2000 a month. Wow. At 30 years. At, what, at 25, 25 years. years later, uh, huge difference. Because yeah. now you lost all that time value. You lost that compounding interest. From those, and, yeah. and that's when a lot of people think about it. Well, I'll wait till I get my kids out the house. Well, I can't. It, it, it's ways. I ain't saying like, Money don't grow on trees. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, I know when I used to go before Zoom, before the pandemic, but I'd go in your house, yeah. and you telling me you ain't got no money, but I'm seeing a 72-inch TV. Yeah. I'm seeing a two, I know how much cable is. Cable $2 a month. Yeah. I'm seeing I'm seeing the kid with the joys on. Mm-hmm. You know, I laugh. My dad made more money than most of my friends growing up. Yeah. Never bought me a pair of joys. I remember third, fourth grade, crying, being mad, talking about what the people had, yeah. what my cousins had. And he told me, man, that ain't us. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. But I also remember when I went to college, as I told you, he was cutting the check when they was going to FAFSA. They was yeah. they was going to sell it, man. They still paying. Mm-hmm. I remember him. So yes. that's a lesson I learned about money right there. You know, uh, I was mad. Yeah, I was mad. You know, I wanted Levi's. I had Lee's. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But. You know, he had a game plan. He knew that he didn't want me and my sister to get out of school with that anchor on our head. He, he wasn't worried about no kids talking about me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, they was talking about, look at, look at you ain't got the joys. I got joys. My dad was like, I got Nike stock. Yeah. <laughs> we making money off of y'all. Buying this stuff, what year is it? We're going to be 2053. 2053. That's it. We're going to be worth nothing. Yeah. Like zero. We need to get as many people active and preaching this message. Right. So it was like he said, his dad was telling him, don't worry about the people with the joints. Don't worry about the people doing it. That's not us. So his dad already had the vision, yeah. right? He already saw, I'm trying to help you be there for your family. Yeah. You go to school, we on the 40, 40, 40 plan. Mm-hmm. You work 40, what, 40 hours a week for 40 years and then retire 40% of what you made. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not going to cut it, mm-hmm. you know? And like I said, even the entrepreneurs, like I talk to people who barber, hairstylists, yeah. you know, Hey, you need to consider an IRA because you're not working a traditional job, so it's no 401k. Yeah. You need to start setting aside and planning for yourself. And you know, just that, like, alone education, like, man, you know, like, I didn't think about it like that. I was just putting money to the side and doing it myself, but I do need something that's going, you know, grow. And it's like that, I, I help people, you know, on that. And that's not even, that's just talk. Yeah. And like I said, I'm just saying it from both sides. If you're the client, hey, I want you to protect your family. I want you to get a will so if you do that, the court don't decide where your kids go. I want you to get a trust and put like, you know, assets in the trust where, you know, it can't be attacked or, you know, anything like that. Or you don't have to go through probate when you die in the court. You know, people, because people could come and say, hey, I'm related to them. I want some of that stuff too. And it's just like structure your life. And if we are, you know, trying to get to a certain level, but what happens if you do go to some, you know, well, we can't bring you back. But your family be taken care of, you yeah. know. You die. I'm not just gonna show up with flowers. Yeah. I'm gonna show up with a check for five hundred thousand. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and we can't we can't bring you back, but we can make sure you know your family don't miss a snack. Yeah. You know, exactly. I'm telling you, I keep saying this, but that's why these conversations are so important because even within what you just said, man, understanding that you know there's an element of the law that can get involved, and you know assets can be seized, and kids can be put places where, you know, they don't have to be put if you would have took care of what it is. So, man, and, and, and going back to what you said with your dad not buying, you know, the shoes and stuff like that, you know, what I instantly thought of was, and this is probably the reason why 
it's going to be people that's watching this interview, right? And there's going to be people that know they need to reach out to start having these conversations. But the reason they're not is because of they care too much about what other people think, mm. right? It's the fear of what other people think. Man, nah, I got to have the cool shoes. I got to look a certain way, you know, because what is somebody else going to say? Well, at the end of the day, right, nobody's going to take care of them bills. If you leave here too soon and you leave kids and you have all these responsibilities, right? So, man, as y'all continue to talk about these things, more and more of it becomes a realization to me of why important, how much important this conversation is. So, man, uh, this this conversation has been crazy profitable. And I know, you know, the audience, I know you guys can see us switching out. So we got Charles, Dwayne, and Aaron Marcus here, you know, all tackling this conversation because they work together as a team. So you kind of see us switching out, man, so that they can all tackle different parts of the information. So I know we was talking about, you know, just the mindset of what people, you know, think and all that good stuff. And I want to know what's next for you guys, man. But I want to get your perspective on that, man. What do you feel, you know, are some of the biggest reasons why people don't necessarily step into this financial literacy like they should? All right. The, the first one, uh, Kelvin, great question. The first one is, it is like the, the fear of fitting. I mean, we want to fit in. People yeah. want to be included. I don't know why, but we do. And so one of the things that I learned, I, I got in this business well, in the industry at 19 years old. Okay. And when I I heard the information, I went home to my mom who had me when she was 15 years old, worked two, three jobs, wow. dropped out of high school, made struggle to make ends meet. We lived in 19 places in the first 17 years of my life. Okay. And not because we like to move, but because wow. of the financial, the lack of financial literacy, yeah. financial illiteracy, if you want to call it a thing. And she thought she was protecting me, but she really shot me down when I told her I was going to make a bunch of money. Dude. She, she was like, I support you, but don't get your hopes up. Yeah, yeah. And I looked dead in her eyes and I said, yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. And I walked out because my brain said, if I don't want your life, I can't take your advice. Yeah, yeah. And so one of the biggest challenges that people fear of, they fear of not being included. Yeah. We, we yeah, like who we like. Yeah. We want to be around who we want to be around. We respect who we respect. We, we love who we love. And so if we're going against the grain, so to speak, because financial literacy and like they were talking about 30 years mm -hmm. from now being a net worth of nothing. Yeah. That's, uh, that's not a lack of resources. Because if you would look up what ethnic group has touched had more people go from under 75,000 in household income mm -hmm. to over 75,000, 38% of those people have been African-Americans since the wow. year 2000. Okay. So it's not that we're not making money. Yeah. We're just not making the right decisions with our money. For sure. We're not doing the right stuff with our money. We make a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. Like if, another one, if you look at the most educated group of people in this country, African-American females, yeah. lowest net worth of any group in this country, African-American females. Wow. How can I be the smartest and the brokest? Yeah. But again, a lot of that, that education came like Charles was talking about with a loan. Yeah. So we yeah. borrowed the money to get the education. So now even though I might have a job in my field, I'm fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then when we do get, cause there's a lot, of, I'm so excited about the, I'm a millennial, you're a millennial, we, yeah. most of us millennials. I'm so excited about the group of people that are hungry for knowledge. Like I said, yeah. we got into COVID and it, we were just like, I'm gonna learn this stuff. For sure. I've been working for money. I gotta figure out how money works for me. And then the predators started to attack us and they started to tell us things that just don't make sense. Mm -hmm. The first thing that I see that's killing us when it comes to our retirement game plan is not even a retirement strategy, it's an insurance strategy. Okay. And it's called okay. infinite banking. Infinite banking, man, I'm glad you mentioned that. That has been a buzzword probably for the last two, three years, and I haven't heard it effectively explained. Can you break that down to me? Okay, so let's start with the word banking. Okay. So if, I don't know who you bank with, let's, you can just, whatever. Whoever you bank with, yeah. you guys who are listening, you know who your bank is, okay? So think about it. Before your bank open up, so opens up a location in your community, mm -hmm. they don't put their own money to open up a bank. Mm -hmm. What the bank does is they get money from the Federal Reserve. Okay. The Federal Reserve puts up money okay. for a bank to open up a new branch in the community. That's how the doors are open. Now, how did the doors stay open? You come and open up an account. Uh, Marcus opens an account. Cook opens an account. I open up an account. And so we get contributions from the community to keep the doors open. Yeah, yeah. Are you with me right now? So the thought of I'm gonna be my own bank, my question is if that's a real thing, when is the Federal Reserve coming with the first first set of money yeah. for me to start off? Okay. If the Federal Reserve ain't bringing money for me to open up the account or to start the banking process, yeah. then number one, I ain't a bank. Okay. Number two, let's say you, you got a lump sum, maybe you had a 401k or 403b, which a lot of people are dumping into it, right? Well, who in the community makes payments to keep the bank afloat yeah. if I'm the bank? And if let's talk about number three. So if the Federal Reserve puts up no money and nobody in the community putting up any money, then I'm already not operating like a bank. Yeah. Well, if you were to bank, wouldn't you determine the the terms that surround your loan? Yeah. Well, when you get an infinite banking insurance policy, the insurance company determines the loan 
stipulations and terms. So really what's happening is the insurance company is operating like a bank. They just told you you were. And so one of the things is if you want to be a bank, most of us never wanted to be in banking, but be your own bank sounds good. There are some pros. You can borrow from yourself, and that's true. But you can also take money out of your account if it's there and not have to pay it back. When they tie your savings to an insurance policy, I think it's detrimental to your family's well-being. Because loans, and I ain't talking about a conversation. You'll have people come on different podcasts that get on different social media outlets and they'll talk about this. The conversation is cool, but let's look at the contract. Yeah. yeah. See, that's what I'm about. Yeah. I ain't really documentation needs conversation all day long. Absolutely. You can tell me it's good, but what does it say in black and yeah. white? Yeah. And so when it comes to that concept, I'm not saying that it's a terrible concept for everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that in 99% of the places where it's used, it's not the best concept. Okay. Cook kept talking about 228, 228, 228, because of a person adjusted growth income is over two uh, gross income, excuse me, is over 228,000. They don't qualify okay. for a Roth IRA. Gotcha. So that means a person that after they take on take care of their expenses and they, you know, write off the things that they need to run their business if their income's over 228, yeah. they can't get a Roth IRA. Now maybe that's the market. Okay. The challenge is most of the people that are getting the infinite banking policy, it's the thought process. It's predatory. It's um, I, I I've been broke so long, so let me leverage the fact that. If you ever need money, you can borrow from yourself. When you say that somebody ain't got no money, that sounds like a good thing. (laughs) You follow me right now? But the reality of it is most people would do a lot better buying a term insurance policy where they can get a substantial amount of coverage. At the Term insurance is the least expensive insurance available in the marketplace. So 99% of people that get buy into this concept of an index universal life policy or variable universal life life policy or or, uh, universal life policy, most of those people could get a term policy. What they don't know is that their universal life policy, mm-hmm. all it really did was combine a term policy with a cash value account. Okay. So okay. if I buy index universal life, what I'm really buying is I'm buying an annual renewable term policy, but the agent that sells me ter- says term's no good. Yeah. But by definition, IUL is annual renewable term. What is okay. that? Okay. A term policy that renews every single year okay. at the new age. Okay. So every year, the cost of my insurance goes up. Mm-hmm. Now, if my premium payment doesn't go up, yeah. then less of my money that I'm paying is going to my cash account. Okay. Till I get to a point where maybe I'm not paying enough to put anything at all into my cash account. Mm-hmm. Till I get to a point where maybe I'm not putting in enough to even pay the cost of the insurance. Yeah, yeah. And so now the money that I was banking to be my own bank, to borrow if I had a hardship, yeah. now that money is being ate up to pay to same, keep the policy in force. And so what we I don't want to argue a concept. I just want to look at a contract yeah, yeah, yeah. and look black and white and make sure that people are really educated. But like I said, when you talk to somebody who ain't got no money yeah. about they could be their own bank, yeah. man, it's, it is very dangerous language. I tell people all the time, Dr. Miles Monroe said it, unless you understand the purpose of a thing, the abuse of a thing, you're certain. Yeah. We saw this with the... Uh, uh, run it back. He said it unless you understand the purpose of a thing, uh, the abuse of the thing is certain. Wow. Unless you understand the purpose, it's almost guaranteed you're going to figure it out. And so what ends up happening is, like we saw the issue with the financial meltdown with the mortgage-backed securities. Mm -hmm. Why was that an issue? Well, they sold interest-only loans to people that were buying their first home for their family. Or maybe they sold uh, adjustable-rate mortgages to people that were buying their first home for their family. And so why was that a bad thing? Now, if I'm an investor, you're an investor, I want an interest-only loan so I can buy a property, Mm -hmm. rehab it, flip it, get it back on the market. I'm not paying a bunch of money out of pocket each month because I'm not trying to live there for 30 years. But if this is my primary residence that I want to raise my family in and all I'm making payments every single month is just enough to pay interest. And now the last month I owe what I bought the house for another three, four, five hundred thousand at once. That was abuse. But for the investor, that's a good plan. And so what ended up happening in the marketplace, we talk about infinite banking, right? What ended up happening is the Federal Reserve put the money up. Mm -hmm. The banks couldn't honor the loans because the the, the rates kept uh, increasing in the market. And so people were defaulting on a mortgage. So the money that the banks got from the Federal Reserve to start, they couldn't pay it back. Mm -hmm. And we had a financial crisis. Are you with me right now? So the same thing is happening with the infinite banking deal is that the money that's being put up, the the Federal Reserve ain't putting no money up. You're putting up your own money. Mm -hmm. And so as the rates go up on the policy each year inside of it and the fees increase as well, if you don't increase your monthly payment, then your policy is going to implode. And there goes your bank. You had your own financial crisis. Well, you have thoroughly educated me today, man. This has been a profitable conversation. Listen, I got to get you guys back on the show. No doubt. Because I know there's going to be a lot of questions in the comments about, you know, 
some of the things that we discussed today. And uh, I want to get y'all back on here to answer. And of course, as y'all continue to grow and things like that, we'll love to keep up with the success uh, of the business and, and everything that you guys are doing. <clears throat> Let me say this, man. First of all, I appreciate y'all taking time out of your schedule to come on to Thanks the show. Us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man, to do this. Uh, the my, my community is the equity changes. I know that you know they took away some information from this episode that's gonna help them move forward. Listen, do me a favor, man. If you guys got value out of this conversation, I need you to do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. Turn on the notifications so that you can continue to get conversations like this. Also, I'm gonna leave all of these fellas contact information down at the bottom. I need you to connect with them. They've given out a ton of massive free information to help you guys move forward. Do me a favor. Support them. Go follow them on social media. Make sure you hit their websites and connect with these guys. If y'all got any financial questions, these guys are going to be able to answer it. Listen, man, in closing, I want y'all to do this. Uh, give your contact. Our people can keep up with you. And any last closing advice that you guys listen, y'all already gave out so much information, but any closing advice that you got to have uh, for the audience, man, I would greatly appreciate it. All right. Well, I can be reached directly. I'll give them my cell phone number. You can call my cell phone. Uh, we one of the things that's happened for us is we built a lot of freedom. So people assume that because we make what we make, that we're busy. We're not. Okay. I'm not personally. And so if you really have a pressing question that you need an answer, call my phone. I don't owe anybody any money. I pick it up. Okay. So it don't matter what the area code is. Yeah. One of the things about being a financial service is you serve your own finances. Yeah. And so my phone number is area code two six seven two five nine four seven four zero. I do have Facebook. I'm not huge on social media, but my Facebook is my name. Okay. D, capital D-Y, capital W, A-I-N-E, Anthony, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y. So that's the easiest way to reach me. But okay. call me directly, man. I'm always open to take a conversation and help somebody forward their life. Cool, cool. And any closing advice you have? Man, if you don't want a person's life, don't take their advice. Wow. One of the things that you got to be willing to do, if you're going to be in business, <laughs> uh, when I moved to Memphis, it'll be 16 years ago, July 20th. When I moved here 16 years ago, I knew nobody except yeah. for my wife, who was my fiance girlfriend at the time, really. And um, her family wasn't really supportive because I didn't know about the Bible Belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we was having a baby. We wasn't married. So it, it was tough. Yeah. And um, they weren't really on board. They weren't really negative, but they weren't really that positive. And okay. so what I did was as an entrepreneur, if you're going to spend your money, give yourself a shot at making it back. Mm -hmm. If I met people with good customer service skills, I always asked them to keep the options open when it came to making money yeah. because we were looking for good talent to help us to build the agency. Gotcha. And so if you don't talk to people about your business, they won't know you're in business. Mm -hmm. Nobody says, oh, you look like you're a business. But every now and then, yeah. you fly. But most people are not just going to walk up to you and say, what kind of business do you have? Are yeah. you looking for people to work with you? Absolutely. What kind of product do you offer? Can I buy it? Mm -hmm. So you got to be probably the most vocal person in your business about your business yeah. if you want to grow your business. That's what's worked for us. Wow. That's great advice. I mean, you could reach me if you got any questions, any information. This seems like just something that interests you. Phone number 901-628-5142. You can email me at marcus at mnmlogistics.com, L-O-G-I-S-T-I-X. But in Vice, do it. Like, you know, you sometimes you have to cut out a lot of noise. Like, I can't go to certain stuff. I can't do certain stuff. You need to lock in and do it. Um, secondly, don't be afraid to invest in yourself. Like, I spend money getting in rooms, getting on Zooms, because I need the information. I can give you an analogy. Uh, when I jumped in the truck in the first time, I just took money, said, hey, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to start this trucking company. Got a contract with Pottery Bone, Williamson. Um, I was taking their stuff to Alabama. Started off good. I was in the box truck, no sleeper. So I had to check in the hotels at night. Fuel, hotels, food, all that. Started eating into my profit. Where it's like, it put me out of business as yeah. far as the trucking thing. So, you know. <clears throat> I lost it. Yeah. Those, you know, I take it as an L, it's a lesson, but yeah, I lost it there. What I did after that, which is where I got the education before conversation, one yeah. of my mentors, Average Good Energy, you can check him out on our mm -hmm. Instagram. I took his course about trucking. Mm -hmm. Learned so much. Yeah. Got back into trucking, actually was able to make a profit. So that's why I say, like, invest in yourself. Like, spend the money to get on a Zoom, spend the money to take a course or a seminar. Like, invest in yourself. I promise you, the money's going to come back to you. So, so that's my advice. Well, you can you can reach me. I'm on uh, Facebook at Charles Cook. Uh, I'm on Instagram at the Real Mr. Cook, and the same on TikTok at the Real Mr. Cook. Uh, you can also you can email me Charles at CharlesACook.com, and uh, my cell number is a nine zero one two six two seven six six zero. And I'm like Dwayne. I answer the phone. I mean, I, I ain't. I don't mind. 
long as it don't say spam, you're going to get the right answer. And my last piece of advice I give anybody is uh, to pick back on those two guys, what they said is great, so I'll give y'all something different. It's going to be nobody's thinking about you. Come on, man. So you don't have to try to live, live with the Joneses and impress the Joneses. Your future self is going to hate you for what your younger self did if you don't put some money away. Come on, Al. <laughs> yeah. That's dope. Look, man, I can't think of a better way to close it out. Like I said, man, I appreciate y'all coming on, taking the time out of y'all schedule to do this. And uh, as y'all continue to grow, man, I can get y'all back on here, man. That'll be dope. Definitely. Cool, man. Well, with that, man, y'all stay tapped into the Equity Tap into the next episode. Be blessed.